0: KFI AM 640, Bill Handel here, and I want to introduce to you, well, it does not need an introduction, uh, Dan Abrams, and the credentials are completely insane. Uh, Dan Abrams, ABC News uh, legal analyst, and an author, and a producer, and uh, web, has uh, got a whole network on the internet, I mean, on and on and on. Also, uh, Dan, uh, the problem I have with you is you went to Columbia Law School. And as a lawyer who didn't, I'm totally intimidated, and it's really depressing. I, I want you to know that. Um, I,
1: I, it's intimidating that uh, what it was, I don't know, 20-whatever years ago that I was, um, you know, uh, graduated from a good law school. But i got to tell you, the, the number of uh, crappy lawyers that some of these top law schools put out, Uh, I wouldn't put too much uh, (laughs) value in it. I
0: feel better. Now, uh, Dan, you wrote a book, uh, Lincoln's Last Trial, uh, which uh, I read cover to cover, as in every word I parsed. And uh, it's based on uh, transcripts of his last trial uh, that have recently come out. So let's talk about the transcripts themselves before we go into analyzing Abraham Lincoln as a lawyer.
1: So this was the only transcript that exists of any trial that Abraham Lincoln has ever tried. Uh, transcripts just weren't made back then, typically. This happened nine months before he got the Republican nomination, and it was found in the garage of the great-grandson of the defendant. Uh, he died, and um, the in the House, they found this box, an old chewed-up box with a a yellow bow around it, and it had a full transcript, the only one that exists, of Abraham Lincoln for the defense in a murder trial.
0: And uh, who actually wrote the transcript? Because there were... We're not talking about a stenographer. We're not talking about a a machine. I mean, someone actually had to handwrite it, and how do you even do that?
1: So, this was a new field back then. His name was Robert Hitt, and he was the same person who transcribed the Lincoln-Douglas debates for Lincoln. Um, he was a critical person for Lincoln because Lincoln knew how important it was that the words were distributed out there. Douglas was much more famous than Lincoln at the time. And so Lincoln really wanted to make sure that everyone saw the, the debates. And so, in fact, at one of the debates, he didn't see Hitt. Uh, and he literally said he wouldn't start the debate until Robert Hitt was sitting in his seat right in front of him. He uh, recruited Hitt. To transcribe this trial. The and family pay, had enough money. And he paid pay for it. it. Okay. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and so, how come? Yeah. Th-
0: All right. And uh, a little bit about the facts of this case, because it's fascinating, anyway, who the defendant was, uh, the connection that Abraham Lincoln had with him personally, uh, what happened at the trial.
1: So, the defendant was a guy named Peachy Quinn Harrison, uh, a small 22 year old who'd been feuding with his neighbor uh, slash former friend, Greek Crafton. Now, what made this case so personal for Lincoln is Greek Crafton, the victim, had worked for Lincoln in his law office. Um, Lincoln knew the family of Peachy Quinn Harrison, the defendant. Um, there were, you know, the star witness was someone who'd been a longtime political rival of, of Lincoln's. Uh, so there was a lot of connections for Lincoln. Yeah, in and, the context of this trial. Right, a lot of con- but,
0: today a lawyer under those circumstances would be conflicted out in about 12 seconds, right?
1: Oh, I think in particular because of the the victim had worked in his office. Um, but you know, for th- those days things were very different. Uh you know, one of the jurors had actually uh worked with Lincoln. Lincoln had represented him in a matter. Um, so it, you know, it, it was just a different world back then. And these two had been feuding. The smaller guy, the ultimately became the defendant, Peachy Quinn Harrison, ends up getting a knife to bring with him for protection. The two of them have been sort of trash-talking each other to friends. But Peachy knows he's smaller, and that Greek is, going, is threatening to whip him, to stamp him, etc. And lo and behold, uh, Peachy's sitting at a, you know, at a, at a counter, at a, effectively like a diner, and um Greek Crafton comes in, his brother's already there in the back. Greek immediately walks up to Peachy and starts a, a brawl. And Peachy pulls out the knife eventually, stabs him, stabs the brother. The brother survives and the brother becomes a star witness against Peachy. And it's Lincoln for the defense.
0: And so what happened in the trial?
1: So it was a claim of self defense and um in in the end Lincoln won. Um but it was a close case. Um, and it was a case where, uh, you know, a grand jury indicted, a coroner had determined that it was, a, a murder, um, and the community wanted a conviction. So it was not a popular case for Lincoln to take, get everything to lose by taking this case nine months before he gets the Republican nomination. Yeah,
0: a couple of things. I want to take a break in a minute and then, uh, I want to come back and uh, explore a little bit about, uh, Lincoln, the lawyer. And Lincoln, the politician, and uh, what a lot of people don't realize, and obviously you you do with all the the research that you've done, uh, is uh, is talk about or we'll talk about the fact that Lincoln, uh, he's now, he's been deified. He's uh, the, the, the father who kept the union together. What a lot of people don't realize is how brilliant a lawyer he was. Uh, I mean, today, if he were practicing, he'd be one of the the most famous lawyers in the country. And how brilliant a politician he was. And, I mean, there's a lot to be said in addition to all the deification. So we'll be right back uh, with Dan Abrams, uh, the author of Lincoln's Last Trial. This is KFI AM 640, and let's check in
1: with... But they did
0: know that one fine day that he would... Uh, KFI, we're back. Dan Abrams, uh, the author of Lincoln's Last Trial, and yes, it is that Dan Abrams, ABC News analyst, and you've seen him on, I don't know, so many uh, channels. Uh, He's a host of uh, 60 Days uh, and uh, Live PD on A&E. Uh, and I just don't even go into more MSNBC on and on. So, uh, this book is about the last trial that Abraham Lincoln, uh, that, uh, he, uh, actually, uh, was practicing nine months before his nomination for presidency. Can you imagine that today? Uh, that a lawyer is out there practicing nine months before taking so, a
1: controversial case, no less? Uh, yeah, that he, uh, <laughs> should
0: have lost. Uh, and he ended up winning and the family connections and, uh, the previous segment, we talked about that. So go ahead and on the podcast and listen, uh, but Dan, let's talk about his brilliance just as a lawyer.
1: So Lincoln was, a, someone who connected with people. Um, he was an orator, and it's actually what helped him, um, bring some, you know, uh, become an effective president, um, later in his presidency was his ability to convince people, um, of his position. Um, and he wasn't a statutes guy. He, you know, some would say he kind of winged it a little bit inside the courtroom, but he sure winged it well. And he represented everything from railroads to doing bankruptcies, divorces, um, you know, all sorts of civil cases, murder cases, and uh, really became one of the best-known lawyers in what was known as the West.
0: And he made a very good living at it, didn't
1: he? He made a good living. I, I, I wouldn't say that he, was, he certainly wasn't a, a wealthy man, but certainly by later in his life, uh, by the time, you know, in the mid to late 1850s, uh, he was living a comfortable uh, life. Um, but, you know, he was not, uh, he was not a wealthy, uh, a wealthy man by any stretch.
0: Well, were there lawyers, uh, out there who were wealthy? Uh, like I think, you know,
1: yeah, I mean, it, look, th- th- there weren't the kind of, the lawyers that we see today who are, you know, doing corporate law and, you know, making five million dollars a year plus, um, but there were lawyers who, um you know, focused more exclusively on business transactions. Although, look, typically lawyers back then didn't have a specialty. They would try all sorts of different kinds of cases. So, you know, I think that there were probably a handful, but not many.
0: And uh, I know, and you write about this, uh, that uh, Lincoln, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, he was in about 3,000 trials uh, and he was yep. a circuit uh, lawyer where out in the outlying you know, villages, towns, they would all, the lawyers, the judges, would all go around, uh, sleep in the same place, uh, travel together, and then just at, at doing the trial. very different kind of law. And in many cases, uh, he didn't get a whole lot of money,
1: did he? It, it, no. In a lot of ca- in, in certain cases, if he really believed in it and he believed that the person didn't have the money to pay, he wouldn't even charge them. Now, um and, you know, that's part of his legacy is that, you know, when he really cared of the case, even if the person didn't have enough money to pay for it, he would still represent them. Uh, which is um, kind of neat.
0: And he, But he was known as a hick, uh, wasn't he? He dressed uh, rather badly. Uh, correct. His, uh, he, in terms of the law, as you said, is not a statute guy. So uh, I'm assuming the rules of evidence uh, were nothing like they are today. Uh, was it really just trying to convince uh, 12 people that your guy should get off?
1: In this case, um no, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just an opening argu- you know, it wasn't just an opening statement and a closing argument. I mean, he had to, you know, question critical witnesses like the brother of the victim to who was basically taking the position that there was no reason for the defendant to pull out his knife. Um that, you know, this was just uh a little, you know, pushing and shoving, and that is in the minute that started, according to the brother, he pulls out the knife. Um, so Lincoln had to cross examine. You know, it, it was, it, Lincoln had a lot of, um, you know, he had to, to be very strategic in the context of this trial, let the other side argue its case, let them put on their evidence. But try to make sure that the jury is sticking to the big picture here as to whether it was self-defense. Because remember, they're not denying he did it; they're just talking about mm-hmm.
0: why. And was he well respected among other lawyers?
1: Oh yeah, um, for sure. He was. He was really one of the the most well respected attorneys um, of his day, particularly. In, as I said, what was called the West then, but in, you know, in Illinois and beyond, um, he was one of the the finest lawyers in town. So
0: uh, we're talking about a man who, uh, very strategic, knew exactly where he was, where he was going, and how to get there, and that translated into politics. People didn't understand uh, that this is a guy who was a superb politician, too, and uh, it was, and in those days, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when you ran for president, you couldn't go out there and say, I'm running for president, look at me, I'm a great guy. There was manipulation that went on with party bosses and leaders. Yep.
1: And yep. It, no, you, ha- you had to be very um, strategic about, because a lot of it really was sort of pushed by um, leaders of the parties. Um, you know, not that dissimilar from today, but there was less even of the public's uh, role. Um, in um, nominating someone for a particular party.
0: Hey, just a quick one, having nothing to do with the trial, but your uh, opinion and or your uh, knowledge of the facts. Uh, Did Lincoln know nine months before that he had a a shot? Uh, Even Well, did he know that he was going to be nominated or, or had a good chance of being nominated for the presidency?
1: I think that he did not think he had a good shot. I think he thought that he wanted to have... Probably was going to throw his name in the ring, but certainly was not a one of favorites. He was definitely an underdog in, uh, you know, the, a, a real underdog in September of 1859.
0: Got it. All right. The, the book Dan Abrams uh, wrote, Lincoln's Last Trial. It is riveting. It is uh, You get a new appreciation for who Abraham Lincoln was on a whole different level than you have before. That's Lincoln's last trial, Dan Abrams. Dan, thank you. I'm a huge fan. Thank you so much. It was great being with you. All right. Take care. All right. KFI AM 640. All right.